Welcome back, episode two of I Tried to Be Straight, the podcast. The TM, TM, podcast. TM, TM. That's from another podcast. I stole that. Mm. Welcome back. You are still here. I talked so long, and I'm sorry. I don't know how to make my story shorter. Um, it was what it was. It's kind of hard to condense 33 years of life into an hour. So I, I would you're just, just out in my age. I would just cut yourself. I don't some talk slack. about that. We don't talk about ages on here. Oh, we don't. Okay. Little Miss, 26. 28. I'm 28. 28. Yeah, I know. I know so much about you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and I knew that you just are. I look just, like a baby. I you're know. You're just so beautiful. You're Thanks. ageless. So. Are you hitting on me? No, I, I've tried for so many years to do that. And it Am I the it girl that they told you to wait for? You're going to fix me. You you better it's fix me. me. You better. Um, so this podcast is over. I'm in love with I'm in love with Susie. We're straight now. Yes, we are We're fully straight. straight. And the this podcast is over. This is a love over. podcast. Doesn't it was, conversion therapy work for me? It's been a busy week and we're in love with each other now. Yep. And it's it's over. Podcast and and is done. we got matching shoes to and prove it. Matching, I didn't even mean to do that. Wow. Mine are dirtier. Um, white sneakers are supposed to be a little dirty, I've heard. I don't know. So. I like this look. Also, your shoes are tiny. I know. I have tiny feet. You're a tiny, tiny, cute, ageless person. Mm. You're beautiful. I've never been described that way. Cool. Can I just <laughs> say how happy I am that you're talking today and not me? I'm stoked to share my story. Good. I don't really share it very often, so I'm a little nervous. Well, you're you're newer to being out, right? What's your how long I, has it been now? It's been two years now. Yeah. Okay, so we're about two and the and same. A half. Yeah. We're actually about exactly the same. I think we are. Yeah. You didn't do it to a million people on TikTok, though. I did not. So no. <laughs> this is your first public. This is your first televised <laughs> outing event. Yes. This is this is a public. This is a. Co- press conference this actually. is the difference between like bi girls and gay guys gay guys have to do it to everybody and everybody has to see it because we love attention mm. whereas you're like i'm just gonna do this for myself yeah. like a normal person <laughs> it, it this was definitely a self discovery process i pulled you on here and said yeah. hey make it public we went on a bike ride yeah and that's where this idea the podcast came yeah, about yeah i'd been thinking about it found like maybe the perfect co-host and i offered it up and i was pretty surprised that you were like that day i was stoked okay so what you don't know is a week before that i had met with my mentor and i was telling her basically how i felt like my voice had been stripped of me and i didn't have a voice and she said to me i wonder if there's a way that you could express yourself and find your voice again. Enter Nate Peters. Enter Nate Peters on wow. his little bike and his and little- I love to talk. I love to <laughs> use my voice. Yeah. And as soon as you said it, I thought back to that conversation I had with my mentor and I was like, I think this is it. And so- Dang. It's crazy. Yeah. So you're saying it was fate. It was fate. I think it was, I think it was meant to be. We yeah. can say it's a God thing. I haven't said like, it's a God thing like I used to it's a God that thing. much. It's a God thing. It's a God thing. We're yeah. so Christians, guys. We say it's a God thing. It is. Yeah. We're gay and we say it's a God thing. And we're in love with each other. And Let's we, not and forget. Each other. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers to that. Um, yeah. We're, yeah. This is getting weird, but I love it. Should we dive into it? Are you ready to dive into it? I think I'm ready. This is not about me. And I know what you're thinking. Nate, you never let anyone else have attention. This is about you. And I'm thinking the same thing. We're both, we're on that. But this time, it's, it's gonna be about you. 
And that's fine. <laughs> I and know you. Fine. Too. I know that you're not as selfish not as actually. you're making yourself. No, I actually, <laughs> I'm actually like low key an introvert, and I do enjoy attention, but I also am really like self critical and all this. So like, this is actually a challenge for me. It's stretching. I, I like talking, but I also am pretty like a perfectionist and self introspective and dealing with a lot of like past self hatred. So no, you are very correct. I am so happy to not have attention. <laughs> it's all you, baby. All right, I'll I'll, I'll dive right in. Let's childhood go. where it all starts the best right oh the best gosh. of times the worst of times the armpit of life the armpit of our lives of Some our lives good ones. yeah so i grew up and I'll, I'll tell you my family structure it was my mom dad and my sister who is the middle kid i'm the oldest and then my little brother um so we grew up mexican household um immigrant household and my parents were catholic um but more in like the cultural sense of it so yeah. we didn't really go to c catholic church um i remember going when my grandparents would visit and my grandma would be like what church are you guys going to so i literally remember my dad pulling out the yelp like the big uh <laughs> not the yelp the big oh my uh gosh, thick, like the yellow pages yeah it's like the thick like one. yelp from 1998 or whatever <laughs> literally yeah. and he like going through like trying to find a mexican catholic church oh, no. so that we could go to church oh no um so he just like pretended he found a church and it's like yeah. this is the church we're going to yeah so yeah. like we all got dragged to church and i remember thinking it was pretty boring and i was just like i don't get it um but i was pretty young and so I just didn't get it. I do remember being pretty young and even though I didn't get the church aspect of it, I I did feel a connection with God. Um, and I think we both have the similarity that we're just kind of more fearful people. Yep. Cautious. Yeah. If you're into the Enneagram. Enneagram sixes. Six. We're the same. Yeah, we are. <laughs> and yeah, I don't I don't like go full in on the Enneagram thing, but like there's some things I'm like, yeah, this is no, this is pretty, me. And the yeah. sixth thing, yeah. It's pretty spot we're on. Super cautious. Yeah. So I remember being scared at night, you know, thinking a burglar is going to come in. And yeah. my first reaction to that was not to go to my parents, but to pray to God. And so I, I do remember having that instinctual connection with God. And so um, just growing up, my family went through some hard stuff when I was in high school. So my friend ended up inviting my sister and I to a Christian church, her youth group. And I remember we went for two reasons. The first one was to get out of the house because it was such a mess at home. And the second one was because they had free pizza and the Arizona get, yeah. tea, you know, the big cans. They're like iced tea yeah. that's like so sweet. Mm -hmm. And it just hit so different that's at church. Good. It was it was definitely like prayed over, you know, so it yeah, just it's, it's hit different. Tea. Yeah, so. Sanctified. We would go to church and, um, that's kind of where I got introduced to Christianity. Um, my parents ended up moving to Mexico um, for a few different reasons, but they ended up going. And my sister and I, uh, it was just a hard time. And so- yeah. Well, how old were you when your I, parents moved down? Yeah, I was uh, 15. So that's pretty wild to have your parents move away at 15. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. So my sister and I ended up going down there with them for about a year and it was just hard um yeah i was connected with god at that point i had uh given my life to god right before i had moved to mexico at hume lake and Classic. you know hume lake if you're california you know hume lake <laughs> so i had given my life to god i went down to mexico and i got connected with the church down there and my spanish at this point is horrific it's like not good and so no bueno. no bueno and so i went down there i found a youth group and i would just sit there and they would talk about the bible and i remember just 
like I, I think that you're connected with God in a deeper sense than I ever have. So it was just a hard time. Mm -hmm. um, so I really just clung on to him. And I remember going to church and just feeling like this is so where I meant to be, even though I felt so out of place, like yeah. surrounded by people who spoke a different language than mm -hmm. I did, very different walks of life. Um, my family was going through a lot of stuff, but I just knew that I was meant to be there. Wow. And I ended up moving back to the States um, and my youth pastor and his wife ended up opening their doors up to me and I lived with them uh, through my senior year of high school. Uh, so I was deeply involved. I felt like a, like a pastor's kid in some sense, like nice. a pseudo pastor's kid. Um, and I just kind of, I got to see what it was like to live in a Christian household. And it was just a very different vibe than what I had grown up in. Um, and I loved it. Um, we, I lived with them for a few years, graduated high school, went to college, um, got connected to an internship program in California. And I ended up working at that church for a few years. Yeah, yep. <laughs> crazy stuff. Church, work life, <laughs> you know if you know. The internship to working at a church pipeline yeah. insanity <laughs> yeah no that's you will work for the church eventually that's, no, what, that's absolutely. what you're doing and so when i was a kid my first probably instinct of i think i might be gay was i was a tomboy so i was nice. wearing these like longer shorts and i remember feeling so cool in them like i was just like i'm like a cool kid and my friend's mom pulled up and she rolled down the window and she goes those are lesbian shorts and oh my i literally died in my skin no. like i had never felt more shame in my life you hadn't thought about this before then she just like comes at you with that and you're just wearing what you like to wear yeah and so like before this so like up. growing up like i just was never a popular kid like people wanted to be my friend because i was funny yeah i like but you were always this cute right no so i actually did not feel very comfortable in my skin for a long time wow. and so i was kind of chubbier um i like just really struggled with body image and Dang. my like big thing was like i just i f i felt like i couldn't really connect to people and what i really did in your story was the idea of like wanting to make friends and like having that be like just like a little bit harder yeah. and yep. i remember my sister would bring home friends and i would end up befriending them and it, that was great like mooched off yeah <laughs> no an extroverted sibling is everything <laughs> yeah yep. um but it was really hard for me to make friends because i was just so uncomfortable about who i was and so when my friend's mom rolled down the window and said those are lesbian shorts i like never had like googled what is a lesbian right but like i knew what it was and i knew that the connotation was bad yeah. and so i just felt so ashamed i went home and threw the shorts away and never saw those shorts again. <laughs> Rip, and, lesbian yeah. shorts. <laughs> um, I'm making a note, I'm gonna buy you some lesbian shorts. Please do. Reclaim. Um, and so that, that was the first instance. And then the second instance was at a pool party that we had and we had friends come over and this older girl came to our pool party and she was, uh, she was like a junior in high school and we were freshman or something and so we just felt so cool this like junior was there and i remember like looking at her and i didn't like check her out but i was definitely like she caught my attention yep. and i was looking at her and then i pan my head over and i see my mom looking at me looking at her and i literally was like uh like it just was like everything in me was like shame 
and mm. I didn't know what there was to be ashamed of, but there was shame. And I just was like, I'm, I'm never looking at a girl again. <laughs> um, I didn't date in high school. Um, I feel like that's a trope for a lot of bi lesbian women is like, you don't date in high school. Saving it for Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Purity <basically>. culture, <laughs> just dating goodbye. Yeah, so uh, I went through high school, committed my life to Jesus, and um, I didn't really date a ton. Uh, and then I, I remember the next moment in my life thinking about my sexuality was, I was driving to church to work and there's a slight right before you turn. And I was stopped at the light. And for some reason, I feel like this was God, the Holy Spirit. It was like, I need to sort out my sexuality. Mm. And I remember thinking that. And my next thought was, I'm not doing that. Like I, that was the first time where I, it went from being suppressed to I'm on purpose repressing this. I'm not thinking about this. I work at a church. I know gay's bad. Even though anytime anything gay at church came up, like I, I would get a little squirmy. Oh, I would move around my seat a little. Like yep. it was just like a little like they're talking to uh, me. That's um, the worst. Yeah, thing. you feel it. Mm -hmm. I turn in. I go to staff meeting. I don't think about that for two more years uh, until my last year at working at that church, where it just kept coming up more, and I couldn't. I couldn't stop thinking about it. I couldn't stop denying it. And it wasn't even like I was like lusting, you know, yeah. quotation. Like yeah. I was lusting or looking at things. I just like couldn't stop thinking about, am, am I gay? Yeah. Is this something that I need to sort out for myself? Um, or, or can I just like marry somebody and be straight and like have this normal Christian lifestyle? I quit working at that church uh, and then I moved to Texas. Um, so I, I go to Texas and Texas was great. Texas was like my, I need to sort out who I am yeah. kind of moment. And so I, man, I remember laying in bed and just praying to God every night. God, please make me straight. Please make me straight. And I have journals. I, I think I told you about this. I'm moving and I recently found a backpack full of journals and every journal I was reading through it is, God, I cannot be gay. I cannot be gay. I cannot be gay. God, take this away. Like mm. verses written out, mm. um, all, like all the things, like things that verses I was memorizing, uh, you know, sin, lust, yeah. like all the things. Um, and I just felt so tormented because I couldn't talk to anybody about it. I felt like I couldn't talk to my friends about it. I couldn't talk to my pastors about it. I couldn't talk to my mentors about it. And it was, it was suffocating. Yeah. And so in Texas, I had a moment where I was like, I cannot keep doing this. Like it was getting exhausting. And my friends kind of knew that I was like struggling with this and I had let them in. Um, but I, there's just so much shame in talking to somebody else that's straight that doesn't get it. Yep. Um, yep. And not even that they would make me feel ashamed about it, but I just felt like I don't know that you get it. Like I, I'm trying to explain this to you, but you don't get it. Like, <laughs> yeah, because um, they're told one thing about it, and it doesn't quite match up to your perception. That's right. my experience. And so, how could they get it? Yeah, it was very uh, lonely, and yeah. so I decided isolating. That's there. It is the yeah. word. Yeah, yeah. it's isolating. Um, mm. And they were great friends. They're amazing. And so I decided to go to this. Uh, 
I call therapy camp. It's called on-site workshops. Um, and I will never get tired about talking about on-site. It's yeah, great. Yeah, you've told me about it. Yeah, it's uh, probably the first thing that I lead with when I introduce Maybe. <laughs> Hi, I'm Susie. I, I went to on-site. I went to on-site. On <laughs> yeah, I love this place. Uh, so it's like six days of therapy. Um, nine to five you're doing group therapy and it's all around experiential therapy so their big thing is uh this modality of therapy is very different from talk therapy so they believe that what you can talk you can show so it's tactile kinesthetic and everybody in that group does one piece of work within the therapy group and my piece of work i knew was around sorting out my sexuality and what that meant um and it was probably the third or fourth day was coming up and I was like, okay, my piece of work is coming up. What is it going to be? And I took my journal and I went to this rocking chair and I just prayed and I was like, God, like, what do you want this to look like? Uh, what, what is there to heal here? What is there to see, uncover? And he just gave me a very clear picture of what he wanted this to look like and what it should look like. So it's kind of sound, sound weird, but I'm going to break it down for you a little bit. Imagine this like living room area. It's a scene. And what I had put down was the four different messages of sexuality that I had gotten. So the first one was in my childhood. Um, and my first experience in sexuality was not consensual. So that was the first one. And then to represent that was a little like doll. Mm. And then the second message that I had gotten was around... Uh, media, so like pornography, what's you know what's on TV, um, what women should be uh, to men, and then the third one was a pulpit, and that was what the church says, and then the last one was this like big question of am I gay? Like, what does this mean for my life? And so my therapist, genius, she's great. Um, she had me write down one sentence for each of those things and what they communicated to me so i ended up with these like four different statements and she held my hand and she was like okay we're gonna walk back and forth between this side of the carpet to this side of the carpet and she placed one person within the group to say those statements so i would walk past the the pulpit and the person who was standing there would read uh being gay is bad or your sexuality is bad. It was like, it was very heavy. And so yeah. every time I walked past one of those uh, little, what would you call them? Like a structure? Yeah. Um, yeah, sure. Um, she would put a, like a blindfold over me. And so at the end of it, she had me walk back and forth like a few times. I ended up with all these like blankets on top of my head. And she wow. was like, okay, how are you meant to see your sexuality when you have all this stuff covering you? And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't. Like, I can't sort out who I am when I'm listening to all these different things. And right. ended up taking them off and doing some deep work on uh, my my relationship with my mom. It like Nate, like it was the most healing thing right. that I had I, I've ever been through. Um, yeah, it was great. And so I ended up uh leaving that session she ended up walking me to the end of the carpet where my big question was of am i gay and she held my hand and she was like okay are you ready to answer this question and she was like what's your sexuality and i was like i don't know and it was like a very like relieving i don't know when i like had come in with a very heavy i don't know what i am right if i'm not straight i'm going to hell 
right so you're so concerned about giving the right answer right yeah you're not actually letting yourself feel or think Mm -hmm. you're just trying to do the right thing or the not wrong thing yeah 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 that makes sense and in one of the journal entries that i had like that i just read was like god if i'm not straight i'm going to hell like Mm -hmm. i like and it's this is nothing i would pray and ask god for clarity and he never in my prayer life said you're going to hell if you're you know bi or gay but i was just so caught up in that fear that leaving on site with an i don't know but i'm gonna be okay was the biggest game changer for me at that time yeah um i ended up finding a therapist in texas and we we talked about it endlessly and dove into other stuff and i ended up feeling really comfortable with being with saying i don't know right now but i'm okay um and right before I moved back to California, I was at a coffee shop and journaling, praying, and I remember having the clearest moment of like, I might not be straight and I might not be fully gay, but there's something there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of fruity. A little, little bit of something there. And I just felt really at peace with it. And so I came back to California and I told my sister, it's one of the first things that we talked about. I was like, hey, I think I'm bi. And she said, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Your siblings always know. Your siblings always they know. They always know. She was like, welcome to the party. Wow. Um, and she was super loving. And then from there, I just knew, okay, like I need to be honest with people um, because I want them to love me for who I am, not for the person that I'm pretending to be. Yeah. So I started wow. coming out to some friends. Uh, I was really nervous about coming out to my conservative Christian friends, which were all of them at that at that time. <laughs> <laughs> yep, same. Uh, so, so I told a few friends, and they all were just really kind and loving, and none of them made me feel bad about myself. With some friendships, I actually thought like I thought you'd ask me more questions, but you're so chill with it, like this is weird um and then the the main people that i was afraid of were my chosen family they came over for dinner we walked to a restaurant and i was like we we had a lovely time we were like having a great conversation and by the end of it i was like okay i have to do it i have to do it and i was like i have something to tell you guys and my eyes started tearing up and i was like i'm bye and they were just like okay (laughs) and i was crying and my like dad came around and like he hugged me and he was like we love you like and he like asked me some questions he was like so have you dated anybody like you know just being a dad um it was a super healing moment um and they they just affirmed me um wow that's amazing yeah i I ended up telling some mentors some other people who i was kind of worried about and they all were really positive and so that's so cool I love that. I know, which I know is not everybody's story, but it was really great. And so. So after everything you'd been through, now finally finding acceptance from a lot of your friends, like your spiritual parents or whatever word you'd use, having all those doubts about whether you'd be accepted and all this, you know, self-hatred you probably experienced. I'm not sure exactly what was in your head. What was that like emotionally experiencing that? I, we've talked about this it coming out isn't just a impulsive decision yeah um especially when you're so in in the weeds within the christian culture and in a church all your friends your community everybody around you believes one thing for me specifically uh because my parents were in mexico my my whole family really was apart from me 
it the stakes just felt very high this was my tribe and if i came out and they rejected me i'm essentially losing my family is what it felt like so i felt just very lonely and afraid not only for myself emotionally but just for my well-being being that this was my family like i spent christmas with these people um i was very scared and there was one moment specifically where i was i rem I'll remember this clear as day i was in bed and i remember feeling like i had to choose between being honest about who i am and the family that i felt god had put in my life to to take care of me at that time and i did like a quick little youtube search and i was like can you be gay and christian <laughs> been there and came up this like podcast and it's just it was this girl uh you know cammy scott i don't think so okay cammy scott and her girlfriend were doing this oh they're, you they're showed awesome. me this you showed me this yes this podcast and um this they're talking about being gay and coming out and i remember feeling so like oh my gosh there's like somebody else out there and like they're okay like they're okay and i fell asleep listening to that podcast for like a week like i would just turn it on at night and be like and try to muster up the courage to be honest to even one person yeah um, but it, it was a very lonely experience it's i was very depressed for a long time um which i think is what led to going on site and taking some more like drastic uh, measures to figuring this out um, because it was starting to not only affect me but affect the people around me and it was starting to affect my just day-to-day -day and my walk with God it was just like a lot was happening um, and now having come out of it it's hard when you're hiding things for so long and trying to fix things behind the scenes to then yeah. come out and be fully honest about everything yeah um, and I had a conversation with my chosen mom pretty recently actually where I was like, hey, I have like a really hard question to ask you. And I don't know how it's you know gonna land, but here we go. And I just told her, I want you guys to be at my wedding. And I'm curious if you guys wanna be at my wedding too. Like if I were to marry a woman, like what would happen? Wow. And it was a very scary question to ask. And I just felt like, I, I was crying a lot, but I told her on the lead up to that, I don't want to hide things from you guys. I don't want to feel ashamed about saying like, hey, I went on a date with this girl or like, you know, I'm doing this with these gay friends. Um, and I was like, I don't want to hide my life from you guys because I love you so much. I want you to be, to be a part of it. And she just, and I'm sure a lot of people listening to this might experience this at one point, but she said, Susie, we love you. We want to be at your wedding. We might not agree that this is God's best for your life, but we love you regardless. Yeah. Um, and to some people, I think, the, you know, you might hear it and say, that's complete rejection. Like they're rejecting you as a person. And I'm sure for some people that might be true. But for me personally, the way I heard it was these people have chosen to be in my life and I have chosen for them to be in my life. So yeah. I understand that we have different opinions in this and we have different beliefs. Um, and I love them it's not a but it's an like and i love them and they love me too i get that it's it's tricky because i have a lot of people that also where it's that tension of we love you but we also think this is you know and there's different levels of it and i don't even know what the perfect would be yeah for people that don't feel like this is okay but i do 
feel like there is a level where you can even if you disagree you can still make someone feel as loved as possible yeah and i do feel like if you felt that from them that's that's really cool i think while we're in this journey of gay and christian Mm -hmm. it's it's a journey there's going to be people in all phases of the journey and some people that might stay in that phase forever Mm -hmm. but making you feel loved is a huge um huge improvement over a lot of other experiences a lot of people have so i i do think that's it's cool to hear that yeah through all of that so you're going through a lot of stress pain over this journey and even though you weren't necessarily you know figuring out dating as much as just figuring out who you were you feel like this was just your identity was a huge part of being happy being healthy like not figuring that out and i feel the same like actually figuring out your identity was key to you accepting yourself yeah yeah and i think that goes into more of the healing journey because like you i had that same question of am i good or am i bad um being gay anything other than straight makes me bad which is for me the question that i've been asking myself since i was a kid um and so i felt like i just needed to go on this journey of i need to figure out who my sexuality because it almost is like riding on my faith as well um and my faith is a big part of my life and so for me the little tangent i feel very passionate about people who believe that they need to choose between their faith and their sexuality or who they are Mm. because i don't see where there's that's right i don't see where yep choosing your sexuality means that you have to walk away from god and choosing god means that you have to walk away from this huge part of who you are i i felt like there were parts of me that were so boxed up that needed to be integrated Mm. and living in disintegration for me i know personally has caused a lot of pain and it causes hiding and i feel like the hiding causes as christians would say more sinning and (laughs) right um i and i'm still walking through this i'm still learning how to undo a lot of that that work that my brain wants to do to hide um i don't want to hide which is i think one of the cool things about this podcast is we're coming to it honestly saying hey we don't know everything but we're here to learn we're here to share and we want to create a space for people to feel like they can be seen they can be messy like you can bring your emotion of i want to be gay and be out and be honest and i love god and i love the church and i love my parents who don't agree with me there are all these things that we feel like we need to separate and box out in order to be this right thing when it's not about how wrong you are it's let's look at how right you are let's look at how god made you to be let's look at the gifts that you have intrinsically in you um that are going to lead to great work in both the kingdom and just your personal life yeah that's a lot of church speak i think but (laughs) (laughs) no but this is your this is your journey and so this is what you realize in this this phase when you are you know talking to your chosen family yeah. and going through all this you were taking back this piece of yourself you were accepting this part of yourself you were learning to love yourself fully yeah and getting the confirmation of that finally accepting yourself getting therapy going through all this not only did you find your sexuality but you you kind of found out how to love yourself and all of that and 
like even though it wasn't just all about dating like you're not just desperate to date somebody to find this piece of yourself you had to dig into your sexuality and you you'd say you didn't feel like you could fully accept yourself until you accepted yeah this piece yeah and if we're like going back and i'm i'm looking through those journals i felt very distant from god yeah and it wasn't god making the distance it was me making the distance Mm. being like oh my gosh like he's I truly felt like the the floor underneath me was gonna like cave yeah. in and I was gonna fall into the pit of hell. I'm and <laughs> yeah, it gets a little toasty in church. You, you get a little mm-hmm. weird. Um, the conviction of the Lord or <laughs> is God a guilt yeah. person? <laughs> I couldn't separate who I was and who I was becoming and my relationship with God. So through all of that, all your experience, and then, you know, kind of coming to a good place, um, what kind of was the next piece of your story? Yeah, so I was recently part of a religious group and was publicly outed. Uh, a lot of shame that happened. So you were part of this community and yeah. there was just, someone felt the need to expose you. Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of exposing happened, but yeah, yeah, it definitely collateral for me was that my sexuality ended up coming out um, and you're at a pretty good place at this point and now yeah i mean it yeah it was it was messy uh but yeah i would say i was at a at a better headspace about who i was yeah and it man it was hard it is hard to be exposed in a way where you have no control over what what's being said about you it was hard to walk through losing friendships um and not related to some related to sexuality and then others just related to the to the mess that this this caused uh it was hard to be kicked out of a tribe that you yeah you loved it made me reconsider who i was so confident about who i was it made me reconsider my sexuality i when I reached out to you, I had been thinking about going to conversion therapy um, because of that. the, I, yeah, I don't think I did tell you that. Um, wow. It caused a lot of shame within me. And, you know, you run into people from that group and they just look at you differently. Um, and you kind of wonder, is it, have my thoughts that I am so wrong, were the, was that right? And now all these people are seeing that I'm, I'm bad because there's there's more context to this story, but yeah, but we don't need to get yeah, into the context. We won't, we won't get into that private. And from that, uh, I went back to onsite, back to therapy. <laughs> um, hey, that's that's my move too. Yeah, and unpacked there. There was a, sp- a specific label that uh, kind of got put on me. It was like a a Jezebel sort of lab- label, and yeah, just from who I know I am, I'm like, man, I'm just I. I don't see that in myself, but do people, am I this, am I bad? And from unpacking that, I just realized I'm not, I'm not that, I'm not Jezebel, I'm not this bad thing that people think I am because of my sexuality. There are things that I deeply regret that happened and um, just, you know, wish you could go back and change can't you have to walk through it and uh the only way through is through um but there's just a lot of shame in in being exposed publicly in that way and being out shunned by people that you care about those details we don't need to get into because you know 
and there's details in my life I don't always share because there's still relationships we hold that we yeah. want to keep you know and so I appreciate that you know you're sharing that but I'm glad you're not going to detail that you're you know not wanting to so essentially you went through your whole story you finally got ownership over your identity and then got hit really hard by some Christian people that thought you were wrong and this and that and then you had to kind of go through it all over again mm-hmm. and reassess because that stuff just is go does just doesn't go over way overnight no yeah and it's really hard when people are coming at you and think you being gay is a sin like not only do you have to process through all this and own that with you and god and own your journey but then you have all these people reflecting all these fears you've had for all these years back at you Mm, yeah that's insanely difficult so i don't want to pull more out of the story because i know that you know there's some personal details here that you're you know not at the place to share yet but um going through that you feel like you were able to reconnect with god after and get back to a place of feeling confident in who you are yeah yeah so um I I met with my mentor and I told her I don't want anything to do with the God that they're worshiping. I want nothing to do with that. Uh, And I was pretty adamant. I was like, I think I'm done with this like Christian thing that all of y'all are speaking about. And she in passing just said, don't let someone's uh, actions reframe your faith and your relationship with God. And she just said it in passing. And you know, I say it now and I'm like, there's nothing crazy about it, but it just really, I, it stuck to me. And I realized I have a deep relationship with God uh, that nobody has been able to separate me from. Yeah. Uh, I, I believe in the church. I believe that that is God's plan A. It is not always great because people are involved. It's not always accepting. Um, it's very awkward to go to church and have people talk about how being gay is wrong. And then I'm sitting there like, I should find another church. <laughs> um, and then it, it's crazy. It's a crazy thing. I know that God speaks to me. I know that God is going to use this podcast to reach somebody out there um, who's feeling so lonely and ashamed right now and thinks that they are the worst person ever for questioning their sexuality. And it, it you're not. <laughs> if you're listening to this, you're thinking that. You are not the worst person in history for thinking that you're gay um, or questioning your sexuality it is a crazy idea to think that you are the only one out there and i know it feels like it but there are more people and you're not alone thank you for sharing your story i know it's vulnerable and i think both of our stories are still ongoing yeah i think part of the fun thing about this doing this right now we're both still pretty fresh and still processing some of this is that we get to keep learning together yeah and i think there's still a huge part of our story our journey mm-hmm. with our faith and our journey with our sexuality still to come mm-hmm. um but thanks for sharing well yours is still pretty raw yeah still pretty vulnerable it's ongoing <laughs> something else you want to say it's cool to record this because i'm curious to see in like three five years like listening back what it's going to be like yeah um just because i i remember being in bed questioning my sexuality and there's no way in hell that i would have ever thought like we're gonna be sitting here right talking about coming out in the church like yep. what that's crazy yeah uh, so i don't know we're just all works in progress and it's yeah. cool 
it's cool to be a part of it's cool to be a part of well i'm really glad you're a part of it i think um yeah i think you're like the right person for this and i'm excited to do this with you i think it's gonna be fun i think um if you can relate to her story i think you know you can reach out uh well, you can reach us on Instagram or whatever. You find a way. Track <laughs> me down. I'll, I'll find a way. It'll be in the um, show notes. But I, I think there's a lot to be learned from your story and even from our stories coming in the future. So thank you for sharing and thank you for doing this with me. I appreciate it. Anytime. I'll, should I do the voice again? Yeah, I the think you should voice. close it out. Thank you for joining the I Tried to Be Straight podcast dun, dun, dun. with Susie and Nate. Bow, bow. Come back next time. And we're going to talk about something. My voice wasn't even that much of a voice. I just no, did the, my basic you voice. just did your deep voice. Okay, next time it's going to be better. <laughs> uh, all right. Nate and Susie out. Bye. Bye. <laughs>